Good morning, kids. It is early Sunday morning. I'm just making some tea. That's that noise in the background. And ready to delve in numbers 22 through 24. I just woke up and the spy was sleeping on me. And I kicked him so hard in the head. I feel so bad. Hang on. That's the hot water. <clears throat> Today we're going to wake up in a couple hours, or we're going to start driving in a couple hours and go to um, your cousin's house to celebrate his birthday. He's turning one. That should be fun. Uh, last night we went to go to our church celebrate Christmas and I completely forgot I didn't forget I didn't know that I had to sign us up early so we could go ice skating and that really upset the namesake he was devastated and I felt like the worst parent in the world so dealing with that still so parents make mistakes too couldn't sleep last night I don't know why I woke up at 3 and I thought I would walk to the office or maybe read some more of this numbers the more I read this the more I want to read it so we'll see we'll see how things work out uh One of my friend's dads died yesterday. It's really sad. He was a great man. His name was Tom. He's a really good man. I know he's there in heaven right now. uh, Have I explained what I think heaven is to you guys? I don't know if I have. I call it the... um, What's it? I got it from a pastor. It's uh, the never-ending first moment. You know, like... I get the first moment of seeing something so amazing, you're speechless. I think uh, heaven is like that, but it's never-ending. So, anyways, sorry about the noise. Uh, just waiting for that hot water pot to uh, to finish. Made some, made some chai tea. A lot of honey, way too much honey, probably. Hopefully this time next year we'll have a bees hive in our backyard. Because our avocado tree only produces like 20 to 30 avocados a year. And I want it to be like 200 to 300. Mm. Mm. Oh, I feel so bad, it kicks the spine. Like right with my heel. So I'm just trying to get out of bed so he doesn't... So, so I don't uh, take all the covers off. So I kind of try and slip out and move my leg over and put his head up. And I hit you right in the head. Ugh. <sighs> Terrible. I feel bad. And then you said, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Dad. He's like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the bathroom. And then I came down, to, I came down here. You need, you need to keep sleeping. But I'm sure I'll be interrupted soon. Which is fine. What they don't tell you about parenthood is you are constantly planning or trying to make 
food for your kids. Most of the time, food your kids won't eat anyways, but... So, we're in Numbers 22. I think about Numbers 22 a lot when I'm ever about to give a talk or uh, give a testimony or talk about anything Christian-related in a, in a group of people. I, I think of Numbers 22. So, without further ado, I guess we should start, and then I'm going to pause for a second and get get water so I could steep the tea. So. Chapter 22. Then the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab and camped along the Jordan across Jericho, from Jericho. Now Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was terrified because there were so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, This horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. So Balak, son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at the time, sent messengers to summon Balaam, son of Beor, who was at Pethor, near the river in the native land Balak. Hang on one second. Let's get some water. Went to an Indian wedding. It was just an Indian wedding, and had the best chai tea there. And I am still trying to get that. So trying to figure out why it was so good. People has come out of Eden. Okay, this is what Balak sent to Balaam. Balaam. A people has come out of Egypt. They cover their face of the land, and they have settled next to me. Now come and put a curse on these people, because they are too powerful for me. Perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the country. For I know that those you bless are blessed, and those you curse are cursed. Of course, now that I sit down, I need to get a paper towel. are cursed. The elders of Moab and Midian left, taking with them the fee for divination. When they came to Balaam, they told him what Balak had said. Spend the night here, Balaam said to them, and I will bring you back the answer the Lord gives me. 
So the Moabites, princes, the Moabite princes, stayed with him. God came to Balaam and asked, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. A people that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I'll be able to fight them and drive them away. But God said to Balaam, Do not go with them. You must not put a curse on those people, because they are blessed. The next morning Balaam got up and said to Balak's princes, Go back to your own country, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. So the Moabite princes returned to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak sent other princes, more numerous and more distinguished than the first. They came to Balaam and said, This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Do not let anything keep you from coming to me, because I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. But Balaam answered them, Even if Balak gave me his palace filled with silver and gold, I could not do anything great or small to go beyond the command of the Lord my God. Now stay here tonight as the others did, and I will find out what else the Lord will tell me. That night God came to Balaam and said, Since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you. That's fascinating. (laughs) Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were there with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the two vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it, so he beat her again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under the under Balaam, and he was angry and beat her with a staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, You have made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing on the road with his sword drawn, so he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you, because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now but I would have spared her. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now if you are displeased, I will go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went with the prince of Balak. When Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at the Moabite town of Arnon border, uh, on the Arnon border. At the edge of this territory, Balak said to Balaam, Did I not send you an urgent summons? Why didn't you come to me? Am I really not able to reward you? Well, I have come to you now, Balaam replied. But can I just say anything? I must speak only what God puts in my mouth. Then Balaam went with Balak and Kiriath Huzoth. Balak sacrificed cattle and sheep and gave some to Balaam and the princes who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam to the Bamoth Baal. 
And from there, he saw part of the people. Let me take a sip. See if it's still hot. I don't know if I should read the... There's titles before every chapter, or before most chapters. I don't know if I should read them or not, or I don't know. Chapter 23. Balaam said, Build me seven altars here, and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. Balak did as Balaam said, and the two of them offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stay here beside your offering while I go outside. That's why I go aside. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet with me. Whatever he reveals to me, I will tell you. Then he went off to a barren height. God met with him, and Balaam said, I have reared seven altars. On each altar I have offered a bull and a ram. The Lord put a message in Balaam's mouth and said, Go back to Balak and give him this message. So he went back to him and found him standing beside his offering with all the princes of Moab. Then Balaam uttered his oracle. Balak brought me from Aram, the king of Moab from the eastern mountains. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come denounce Israel. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those who the Lord has not denounced? From the rocky peaks I see them. From the heights I view them. I see people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and may my end be like theirs. And Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, but you have done nothing but bless them. He answered, Must I not speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? Then Balak said to him, Come with me to another place where you could see them. You will only, you will see only a part, but not all of them. And from there, curse them for me. So he took them to the field of Zophim, on the top of the Pisgah, and there he built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stay here beside your offering while I meet with him over there. The Lord met with Balaam and put the message in his mouth and said, Go back to Balak and give him the message. So he went to him and found him standing beside his offering with the princes of Moab. Balak asked him, What did the Lord say? Then he uttered his oracle. Arise, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot change it. No misfortune is seen in Jacob, no misery observed in Israel. The Lord their God is with them. The shout of the king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of a wild ox. There is no sorcery against Jacob, nor divination against Israel. It will now be said of Jacob and of Israel, See what God has done. The people rise like a lioness. They rouse themselves like a lion. That does not rest till he devours his prey and drinks the blood of his victims. Then Balak said to Balaam, Neither curse them at all or bless them at all. Balaam answered, Did I not tell you I must do whatever the Lord says? Hang on, let me take a sip. Balak needs to get wise. Then Balak said to Balaam, Come, let us take you to an... Of course. <laughs> of course, you can try again. Three times a turn. Let's take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them for me from there. 
And Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, overlooking the wasteland. Balaam said, Build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. Balak did as Balaam had said and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Chapter 24. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not resort to sorcery at, as at other times, but turned his face toward the, des- the desert. When Balaam looked out and saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God came upon him and he uttered his oracle. The oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, the oracle of one whose eyes see clearly. The oracle of one who hears the words of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are opened. How beautiful are you, tents? Uh, excuse me. How beautiful are your tents, O Jacob, your dwelling place, O Israel? Like valleys they spread out, like gardens beside a river, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. Water will flow from their buckets, their seed will have abundant water, their king will be greater, greater than Agag, their kingdom will be exalted. God brought them out of Egypt, they have the strength of a wild ox. They devour hostile nations and break their bones in pieces. With their arrows they pierce them, like a lion they crouch and lie down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse them? May those who bless you be blessed, and those who curse you be cursed. Then Balak's anger burned against Balaam. He struck his hands together and said to him, I summon you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times. Now leave at once and go home. I said I would reward you handsomely, but the Lord has kept you from being rewarded. Balaam answered Balak, Did I not tell the messengers you sent me? Even if Balak gave me his palace filled with silver and gold, I could not do anything of my own accord, good or bad, to go beyond the command of the Lord, and I must say only what the Lord says. Now I am going back to my people, but come, let me warn you what these people will do to your people in days to come. Then he uttered his oracle, the oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, the oracle of one whose eyes see clearly, the oracle of one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate, and whose eyes are open. <clears throat> Let me take a quick sip. It's a very poetic chapter here. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the sons of Sheth. Edom will be conquered. Seir, his enemy, will be conquered. But Israel will grow strong. A ruler will come out of Jacob and destroy the survivors of the city. Balaam's final, excuse me. Then Balaam saw uh, uh, Amalek and uttered his oracle. Amalek was first among the nations, but he will come to ruin at last. Then he saw the Kenites and uttered his oracle. Your dwelling place is secure. Your nest is set in a rock. Yet you Kenites, or Kenites, will be destroyed when Ashur takes you captive. Then he uttered his oracle. Ah, who can live then? Who, who could live when God does this? Ships will come from the shores of Kittim. They will subdue Asher and Eber, but they too will come to ruin. Then Balaam got up and returned home, and Balak went his own way. I think I'm going to do a couple more chapters, but I, I think it's a few takeaways I get from chapters 22 through 24 is um, God can speak to people 
that you didn't realize he would speak through. You know, chapters 1 through 21, we're dealing with Moses and Aaron and all the stuff going on with the Israelites. And it's kind of like, it's like a multi-camera sitcom. And it kind of cuts away to a kingdom that's watching Israel approach it. And you would think, if you're watching this show up to now, that only God is speaking to Moses and Aaron and anyone in the Levitical order. But that's not true. If you were paying attention in Exodus, Moses' father-in-law, I think it was Jehoshaphat, he was a priest in the desert. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of people out there that are aware of God, the true and only God. And Balaam is one of them. Now, I think what came to, and I don't know what happens next, we'll see, but Balak, this prince, he's treating God like he's like some genie, that you could do whatever you want if you ask him, you know, and, and that we have power over God. He doesn't have fully comprehend God is God. Balaam does. And Balaam keeps telling him, You've got to listen to me. I cannot, I can only tell you what God tells me. So it's interesting that Balak didn't kill Balaam. He let him go. I think at least ba Balak was wise enough to know not to kill him. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. People treat God as some genie that just pops out of a box to grant wishes. That's really not true. You know, I went to a went to uh, some lake. It's called Hume Lake. And they always have like a pastor that speaks the whole week for um, this high school summer camp. And I was a counselor a few times. One, like the, one of the first times I went, it's, and it's a week long, one pastor came up, and I forget his name. Might as well, it doesn't matter. But... He said, do you think God is your friend? And everyone's like, yeah. Do you think God is is, um, is your best friend? And everyone's like, yeah. And everyone's like yelling. And the pastor said, you're wrong. And everyone's like, what? He's like, I understand. You think God is just like this hip guy who's always with you. And, and he is always around. But God is God. You've got to get that clear right now. God is unchangeable. God is righteous and holy. And the more we minimize God, the less we truly understand God's true nature. And as humans, we can't really even comprehend God's true nature. We really can't. And I wouldn't want to worship a God that I could fully comprehend. But I, I think Balaam was very wise here at least at the end when he kept telling this prince who easily could have killed him and his family he just he stood up to him and said I, I can only tell you what God's telling me that's pretty it's pretty amazing he did that so let's see which have I read 23 minutes let's see I could go go a couple more chapters I think um you go one more chapter, I think. Because, yeah, I'll do chapter 25. Chapter 26 is a census again. As much as I read living censuses, 
I just I don't think I'm going to. <clears throat> I um it, it it looks like Jesus was prophesied from Balaam's fourth oracle when he said a star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. And I'm pretty sure that's a prophecy of Jesus Christ. Because that's exactly what happened. (laughs) All right. Chapter 25. While Israel was staying Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women, who invited them to to the sacrifices to their gods. The people ate and bowed down before these gods, so Israel joined in worshiping the bow of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. Oh my gosh, the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to Israel's judges, Each of you must put to death those of your men who have joined in worshiping the bow of Peor. Then an Israelite man brought to his family a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance of the tent of meeting. When Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw this, he left the assembly, took a spear in his hand, and followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear through both of them, through the Israelite and into the woman's body. Then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. The Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites, for he was as zealous as I am for my honor among them, so that in my zeal I did not put an end to them. Therefore tell him I am making my covenant of peace with him. He and his descendants will have a covenant of a lasting priesthood, because he was zealous for the honor of the God, and made atonement for the Israelites. The name of the Israelite who killed who was killed with a Midianite woman was Zimri, son of Salu, the leader of the Simeonite family. Wow. And the name of the Midianite woman who was put to death was Cosby, daughter of Zur, a tribal chief of a Midianite family. The Lord said to Moses, Treat the Midianites as enemies and kill them, because they treated you as enemies when they deceived you in the the affair of the Peor, of Peor and their sister Cosby, the daughter of a Midianite leader, the woman who was killed when the plague came as a result of Peor. A lot to unpack there. I don't really understand a lot, but it seemed like it was almost like a Romeo and Juliet. Two star-crossed lovers decided to get it on. Well, that was clearly forbidden, at least by the Israelites. I don't know. I don't know about the... Uh, I don't know about the Moabites, <clears throat> but it seemed like a, a, one child of a, of a leader of a tribe and another chi- child of a leader of a tribe got together, and God didn't like that. And anyways, interesting stuff. I wish I had more to say about that. You know, I read some commentaries on Numbers 20, chapters 22 through 24. That one, <clears throat> I'm unsure of. Sorry. Uh, I you know I, I think today I'm going to end the podcast on <clears throat> this sermon. I wouldn't even call it a sermon. It's more of like a 
Where do I put it? It's an old preach, Southern, Southern, it's a Calvary preacher named uh, Samuel Lockridge. He's, he's, he passed away in the year 2000. He's one of the greatest preachers of the 20th century. And I'm going to, and I'm going to end it on this guy a lot um, for the entire time I'm reading this to you kids. But this guy is talking about Jesus, who he is. And, and I love it. They played it once in my church and I, and I've never forgotten it. And it's on YouTube. And so I'm going to try and download it and edit on this. So, so anyways, uh, I guess we, was that our first prophecy about Jesus in numbers? I don't think so. I think there's others. I think there's a couple in Exodus. I don't know. I'll have to keep track, but, uh, I love you. Of course. Hopefully you guys will be up soon. I can make some breakfast for you so we can go celebrate your cousin who lives a couple hours away. Um, I'm proud of you. Whatever you do, please, please love each other after your mom and I are gone. It's very important you guys stay close. It's very important. And in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king. The Bible says he's a king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. David said the heavens declare the glory of God. And the fundament showeth his handiwork. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his soulless supply. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. Well, well, he's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in high criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. And that's my king. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He starves God and he dies. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? Well, my king, 
is a key of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. He's a master of the mighty. He's a captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. That's my king. Yeah. Yeah. That's my king. My king. Yeah. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Well, I wish I could describe him to you, but he, he's indescribable. He's indescribable. Yeah. He, he's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you, the heavens of heavens cannot contain him, let alone a man explaining him. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. Yeah! He always has been, and he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him, and there'll be nobody after him. You can't impeach him, and he's not going to resign. That's my king. is the kingdom and the power and the glory the glory is all his thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and when you get through with all of the forever then amen